You are now tuned in to Owen's Exhibit. Welcome back, listeners. This is Owen Patterson, your host. I'm thrilled to be in front of the microphone this week to discuss all things fashion and entrepreneurship. On this episode, I'm joined by a guest. His name is Michael Azadi. His occupation relates to reselling vintage, and he wants to pursue reselling vintage and also be an entrepreneur later in life. How I met this individual was we both go to the same college, and we were both in entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. It's a very tight-knit major, and there's not too many students in the major, so we had a lot of classes together, and I found out that he had a lot of the same interests as me. Michael, where can the people find you on social media? Uh, first, I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Michael Azadi. Uh, I'm, I attend Drexel University. I'm the owner and founder of Azadi Vintage and Azadi Kicks. Uh, talking about vintage clothing and fashion, Azadi Vintage can be found on Instagram at Azadi underscore vintage. A-Z- go follow. Underscore vintage. That's right. We know you're on Instagram. Let's go. go. Okay, Michael, we got to do a few icebreakers. <clears throat> really get into it. Make sure that people know what type of identity you have, like right. what your personality is. Sure. So a question I have for you, what's your favorite type of pizza? Pizza. Ooh, growing up, I used to love Pizza Hut, so that's not really giving it away. But veggie pizza is honestly the most underrated pizza you can have. Green peppers, onions, mushrooms, no tomatoes on a pizza. That doesn't make any sense. But, you know, variety. Like, I also love cheese pizza. I love... You know, we have Giant here in Philadelphia. My roommates and I get, you know, two two fresh pizzas, pepperoni and cheese, simple and easy. But I mean, um, the whole pineapple on pizza, I've never, I never had it, but I don't think it would be very good because also I just don't like pineapples. So I'm not saying, I'm not, okay. I'm not starting a war. I'm not starting a war. Do you dip your pizza in ranch? Absolutely do Absolutely. I. Do you put extra, what's cheese on top? Cheese on top? No, but in the ranch, I also put hot sauce. Give huh. it a little kick. But All it's, right. oh, you got to try it. You like Listeners Ed's at though? home, ranch and hot sauce and pizza, it's divine. Are you messing with Ed's? Are you a, a fan of Ed's? I haven't had Ed's. Okay. That needs it. to happen at some point. <laughs> I, was ha- I was actually trying to go this weekend, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Super Bowl weekend. Hey, you never know. Maybe we get a pizza. My next question for you is, what is one thing you are curious about right now? Curious about right now. So... Right now, it would definitely be co- my co-op right now. So basically, at Drexel University, where I attend school, there's this program called Co-op, basically allowing the students to apply to different jobs that are through Drexel within Philadelphia or outside the country and such sorts. And at the moment, I am, I'm dealing with some, you know, some different companies that are kind of interested in what I have, and maybe I'm interested in them. Some are marketing, some are more entrepreneurship-sided, there's one real estate one that I'm interested in. Um, that's definitely something that's taking up the most space in my mind right now. Definitely something I'm very curious about and just hoping to see what's in the future for me. Yeah. Basically, <clears throat> what you were trying to say is most companies out there are stingy. They don't want to pay students to do work. They'd mm-hmm. rather have free work. Yeah. But you're really trying to learn something and be incorporated in the business. Right. And also, I'm like, some of these jobs are like, you're just doing coffee runs all day. You're not like, you're not living or you're not doing what they said to you in the job report. You, I'm like, these interviews are really showing the light. Like I had one basically tell me straight up, hey, you're not doing no coffee runs here. You're doing, you're doing work 
for however long you need to, and we're gonna help you do it. So that's those are the types of jobs I'm really looking for. Yeah, that's good that they were upfront with you. Absolutely. <clears throat> Another question I have: Name your favorite piece in your wardrobe. Ooh, that's a hard one because I got some pieces here, and I got some pieces. Huh. Can I give an outfit? Run, run us through. Let's run see. us through. So, I really don't got any vintage shoes. I mean, I, I am so I used to have a sneaker business, Saudi Kicks. I would say, I don't know. I like Converse a lot. I just got a pair of Doc Martens. I re, I really love. I I used I have okay. I have a pair of lunar green SB Dunks. I think from two thousand seven. I believe. They're really nice. I got them for a hundred bucks at a convention. The loons. Yeah, and yeah. then now they're worth hundreds. So I'm I'm glad I copped those. I tried to jump on those. Yeah, yeah did you? Okay. I did. Tried to buy a I tried to buy a used pair. Okay. And I was okay. like, okay. I wanted the you know what the high hairs are. They're yeah. Like, I wanted those ones uh -huh. and I wanted the loons. Those are funky. And yeah. then the dunk craze. <clears throat> yeah, dunk craze is crazy. All right, what's on? Bottom. Bottoms. We got, I mean, we just got classic jeans right now. I'm wearing Carhartt jeans, so, you know, classic. Not, nothing too special here. It's just... Light wash. Light wash, yeah. Or, or black jeans, pretty much. Yeah. Let's see the top. I mean, I've only kept a couple pieces from selling, like, the inventory that I've had, but I think my favorite is... You know, I'm going to go with this one. So, 3D Emblem. So, they're, like, more... Nature art, animal art, stuff like that. So I have one that has a Native American Indian here. I got a buffalo, wolf, and an eagle all lined up. And it's on this beautiful 3D emblem tag, light gray wash. It's really nice. The colors are still there. And, man, it's a really good T-shirt. Then um, I'm also from Atlanta, you know? I mean, where right now you can't really see it, obviously, but I got I got the Braves I got the Braves going on, you know? Braves sweater, 1991 bobblehead on the front, and then in the back I got a big graphic. Uh, that's probably one of my favorite sweaters I copped before coming to Drexel. So I want to get a couple different pieces. Show Philly what's up with Azadi Vintage, you know? So just leveling up the game. That's my wardrobe. It's really out of, really out of order, but I just wanted to get more than one piece pretty much. I get it. I think the people can understand how you're looking in that fit. Yeah. Looking pretty casual. Let's go. Looking good. Let's go. Looking like a skater, maybe? Ah. ah. I don't know about that one. I, I can uh, teach you how to skate, bro. Fun fact. Hurt myself really bad skating one time and never done it since. So, hey, I'm going to leave it at that. You can come back to it. Let's see. I, I think this is, like, really <clears throat> ingrained in somebody's personality. So, how many siblings do you have? Mm. So, I got one older sibling. Um, his name is Tommy. I don't know if he has even care about his name. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy. Yo, Tom, Tommy. Big Tom. Big Tom. Shout out Tommy. Shout out Tommy, I guess. Tommy Zadi. Uh, he attends um, another university. I think he's, he's doing some health science stuff and want to be a doctor and stuff like that. Um, we are two complete different people. You guys have a good relationship? <laughs> that's how it is with I would. I mean, I would. it's it's definitely off and on. I'm not, it's not me shouting at my brother, but that's how a lot of siblings are. He's more of the... You know, extroverted, party sense type of guy, loves company, loves just having fun. And for me, it's like, I love having fun as well, but pretty much at a little more moderate level than he does. Um, you know, keep it simple. Keep it, keep around friends and family that, but I mean, I love the guy. We've been growing up with each other. He's only 60 months older than me, so it's definitely 
big part of my life and I hopefully I'm a big part of his, but yeah. Right. I just thought the people should know. Yeah, sure. You got siblings, yeah. but I got one. we all know you're the the favorite child, right? Ah, nope. No. Definitely not. Okay, we'll move past But neither that. is his. Neither is yeah, him. You know, yeah. they never, they, hey, if your parent tells you who the favorite child is, they're not their parent, man. They're not your parent. Jeez. Ooh. Is that Owen, a hot take? Are you, Owen, you're a favorite child? I'd like to believe so. Mm. No, I wasn't. See, you, bro, believe, I was a, you believe I was a child so. doing chores. You believe so. Younger. That means there's some, ah, someone else's. Someone else's. Yes. What's the first book that comes to your mind? Maybe a book that you like. I don't read books that often. Just first one that comes to your mind. I thought of Harry Potter, but I don't even... I, okay. I've never read any of them. Never read any of them. They're so good. You gotta read them. The author's great. I though. read them when I was in high school. I'm trying to think of the last book I read fully. I can't think of one. I mean, this is the thing. I like. I love the, f- the feedback people give of different books. Like, more like... Mindset books. I love mindset books. I don't read them as often as I need to. I have like maybe a couple at home that I haven't finished, but what they do really is uh, they just like, I don't know, really help you think about stuff that you need to be. And that's something I haven't really been partaking in as much as I want to, but hopefully I can get in some more books. Um, I think one good book that I got from school, I don't know if this is called this, but Fantastic Failures. I had a class yeah. called Race That Failed, Fantastic Failures. Each chapter. We were in that class. Were you in that class? I'm. Pre- I had the class. Did you read the book? I caught. Didn't buy the, caught, I didn't, caught. Caught. I got. I got the sample off of Google, and uh-huh. then I just read like the sample stories, and then yeah. wrote. We were in that class, yeah, because it was all online. Yeah. Yellow, and I like. Yellow I liked all too. your messages. Yeah, yeah. Because so, we. Had oh game, yeah, yeah. I remember when that like you like someone's message, yeah, yeah, you yeah, give yeah, them yeah, points. Yeah. So Fantastic Failures is a really unique book. So each chapter is an entrepreneur, you know, for instance, um, the Dyson guy, the, the guy who created Dyson, the Harry Potter author. Um, there were some lo- people in there that weren't necessarily entrepreneurs, like a uh, basketball player, the girl basketball player, mm-hmm. Ella. Yeah, Donovan. just people that have failed. And basically yeah. what they did was they shined those failures because those failures are very significant in the per- person's life, eventually giving them success. So that was a very eye-opening book because each chapter was one different perspective to a different experience and three a different result out of their you know out of their features and whatever they wanted to do with it mm-hmm. I think that class was very valuable even though it, it really could have been been said in like one specific message like hey don't be afraid to fail like look yeah I you're think, gonna fail yeah. no matter what I think that class and also our entire first year at school yeah. would have been amazing in person. Mm-hmm. I think those intro classes, those beginning classes for entrepreneurship would have been great if we were in person. We were like interacting with each other. We weren't doing anything online. And I've been talking to like a lot of older students and they've been saying, oh, I, there's no doubt in my mind. I'm, I'm staying with entrepreneurship major. I'm not changing, whatever. Because I've, I've had thoughts about changing. You've already changed. Yeah. So it's like, I think that first year really, you know, stiffed us good and what we really could unfold the real potential of what entrepreneurship could have done at Drexel. Definitely. <clears throat> what is your favorite brand or designer? I'm going to be honest. I don't have one. Here's why. I think the best gallery of fashion does not come from one person. I think it comes from you know everyone in public, everyone out there. And you can really see... It, it basically life is a fashion show and you can see what else is wearing like some for instance some people can wear you know not 
really shooting at you yet, but like wearing sweats all day, right? That's not really a fashion show. But for instance, you know, we're kind of dripped out today. You know what I'm saying? We, we got a little, we got a little something. On. I'll that, take it from you. It's not, it's not, it's not something crazy. It's not something crazy. But like, some people might think, oh, that's a sick outfit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find out that brand. I'm gonna look it up. Uh, that's, that's what I think. Like for instance, Doc Martens. I've always wanted Doc Martens, and sure, they're not really vintage esque or anything like that. I just always love the look. And when it came to Drexel, holy cow, everyone has them. Boots to low cuts to white ones to black ones. I'm like, dude, I need a pair. And I got a pair, and I'm like. I've worn them the first week. I've been back since Atlanta. I've worn them like three times, four times. I yeah. wore them today. So I'm like, they're just like, like, like the people out there with them having their own fashion sense and maybe like their own fashion, their liking of their own fashion brands, you can really take away, oh, they like that? I might as well. Or like, oh, I'm definitely stepping away from that because I have no idea. Or would that, I can't pull that off pretty much. But what's yours? What's your favorite fashion brand, huh? Favorite fashion design. You really just dropped like this super deep message and you're like, you shouldn't have a favorite fashion brand. You should just... No, but take, the thing is, I know you do. You should take and give and... No, I'm not saying... neutral. I'm not saying... I mean, it's not, really, it's not really take and give. I just like... For me, it's like, I'm not... I don't really know names that well. Yeah. Like, I just talk about the authors. I don't know any of the authors or any of the, like the super successful people. I just like... When I look at a clothes, I'm like, oh, I know what that looks like. And I don't really know who designed it pretty much. I mean, I know who Kanye West is. And I know maybe who Pharrell is or, mm-hmm. you know, Michael Jordan. But I really, the, 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 I mean, I really appreciate the, the work those other guys and girls did. Mm-hmm. But really, the name is something that doesn't really pop up. Yeah. And there can also be, like, two ways to look at it. You mm-hmm. can look at, look at it as, like, this is a designer that has, like, a cool backstory. Mm-hmm. Or you can look at it as this is a designer whose clothes most resemble my personality. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I take it. I I think I mix both of those approaches. Mm-hmm. My favorite brand. I don't. But then like my favorite brand is just like Stussy because it's super chill. Mm-hmm. It's not. It doesn't need to, like be anything more than it is. Right. Like it's just cool. I and they that. always offer like sick stuff. Good argument. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's minimal and it's over the top. Yeah. Both. Were you sponsored? <laughs> uh, hey, Stussy, if you're listening to Owen Exhibit, hey, man. This guy loves your stuff. You know, give him a little. We could do a collab. Give him a little something. Give him a little something. Give him a little something. I don't need to be tied down. Come on. Come on. Give him a little package, man. Come on. Give him. I'll take some stuff. Give him a little package. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, give him some stuff. Michael. Now we can discuss the real reason you're on the podcast. Oh, I'm not your friend? Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> no, I brought you on because I was like, yo, Michael, let's get some content in. Yeah. And I want to talk to you about your business. Okay. Let the people kind of get some advice from you. Mm-hmm. Figure out what the tips and tricks are. Let's do it. Who inspired you to start your own business? Okay. So with starting my first business, so I started Azadi Kicks back in late December 2018. Definitely my biggest influence or influence or influential person was definitely my father. So Ali Azadi, he, so my entire back, both my parents from Iran, Middle East, they both came to America at different separate times, but <clears throat> my dad finished college, Stony Brook, New York, finished college. Top 10 engineers in his class. Wow. So when he graduated, he's like, okay, I got engineering unlocked. I got that down. If I need the job there, so be it. I'll go back. He wanted to give 
he wanted to give entrepreneurship a chance. So his dad back in Iran sold automotive parts in Iran, like in a warehouse back in Iran for Jeeps and trucks and stuff like that. So he wanted to try and do that. Um, I'm blanking on which type of market it was, but just accessories, I think. Just accessory market for Jeeps, pretty much. Yeah. Accessories and parts for that. And he went on a whim 19... 92, I believe. So he started Omix ADA, O-M-I-X dash ADA back in 1992. And now it's one of the world's largest cheap part distributors in the world. So he <clears throat> really started from an idea from his father and going on a whim, taking a risk with his, you know, engineering major graduation diploma, whatever. And he's like, you know what, I'm going to start this business. And that's not really, not necessarily that value, but you know, growing up and shadowing him in mm-hmm. his office, going to his warehouse, working there for a couple summers, I learned a lot about the business sense. Not really, I mean, sort of about the automotive industry, but not really. But it's more of like he, because he's a CEO, he's a founder, so he's like, I run this, I run my business pretty much. He has all these employees, he has all these sub managers and other things, everything he needs for when he needs it. So. I learned a lot from my dad for the business world, and that's like a really big um, influence for me when I started, and I still ask him for advice all the time. Like Sometimes when we talk about what I'm doing, he's like, no, you shouldn't really do that. You should get into this or something like that. Um, it's definitely a big difference from you know a $5 t-shirt to maybe like a $100 part. It's a big difference. Yeah. Big difference for a car that's, you know, 50 grand. You gotta start somewhere. Oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. He mean he sell lemonade. He's, oh yeah, yeah. If you got lemons, make lemonade, baby. That's it. Did you sell lemonade when you were a kid? Absolutely. Yes. I was there with my friend Parker at the time. We we got kicked. We got sent home because we didn't have a permit. But we sold. Yo. We sold. We, I think okay, we, who would do I think, that? I think, to I, some think kids. I think we made. I mean, the cop didn't want lemonade, so Come he on. just he just didn't go home. Well, we sold cookies and lemonade. And we made <laughs> you guys must bu- have been making we some made, money. We made 32 bucks, man. That was good. Oh. It was good. What'd you buy with that? But we had to split it, so it was like 15 each. I was like, ah. Damn. Come on, Parker. I think it's my mom. Okay. Yeah. Help the fam out. I thought the 15 was a lot. I said, hold that. That's nice. <laughs> that, you can repay her for all that she's done for hey, you. Hey, man. My parents have been very, you know, giving for my 19 years being here, so I... Yeah. Whatever I can give Did back. your dad along the way, did he kind of tell you that like entrepreneurship was a good route to go? Or did he not necessarily encourage you at all? He just kind of let you I take think, your own opinion from... Yeah, that's a good question. Just, I think it was one of his goals, just at least showing my brother and I, hey, you can create a business if you want. Here's the ropes. I'm showing you, come to my office. Let's drive 30 minutes to our office and just see what's up. Just kind of learn the basics. I think over time, for instance, a little backstory, my mom is a pharmacist. So my brother being, you know, medical field, health sciences, our family is kind of like in terms of like seeking on like occupation. My brother's with my mom, medical field, and I'm kind of with my dad in the business field. And that's where I kind of see it. You know, I think both of my parents did great influence and in one of they wanted their, our, you know, my brother and I to become. And... There's the careers I think aligned with. I mean, I don't think I could do anything in medical. And that's why I, like, I really congratulate my brother for him wanting to do that and just being a part of that road, like loving surgery, loving being shadowed my uncle who's like a top surgeon in Philadelphia and just really learning the ropes. So I think we've learned, definitely learned 
you know, different traits for our different passions. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Hmm. Taking like one, one sibling goes after. Yeah. I don't think, I, I mean, I don't think they obviously try to do that, but it's just because I don't know. I think my brother just had a really good fairness and, um, you know, liking to the medical field. And I just, first of all, I love fashion. You know, I started with loving shoes and then I eventually found out I don't have that much money left to buy shoes. So I just started selling them. And that's how my first business came about. And then eventually I like had a love for vintage and yeah, that's a good segue. What got you into vintage? Okay. So back in 2020 in, I believe June is when I started it. I think I should don't know. But I think this is it. I was getting bored of sneakers. So I actually was doing pretty well in, you know, kind of like doing sneakers during COVID. I was kind of doing well. I was doing meetups and still selling shoes, still shipping and stuff. But I think I was bored of just doing sneakers. And also, the sneaker market, I'm pretty sure it's the same now. It's just so, it's not saturated enough. They, everyone just wants one pair for like a week. And then it goes to the next pair. And then it goes to the next pair. And then when that pair gets dragged back, it's like no one wants it, right? It's also, when buying stuff for retail, it's so difficult to get. It's either like, you have to be waiting in lines at, you know, midnight till 7 a.m. when they open. I did that once and I didn't even get a pair. Like, what is that? How, is that? how does that work? How does that work? I was there, I got there like at maybe like 5 a.m., but people got there at 12 a.m. And I still didn't get a pair. And it's just like, it's such a, this is not me sort of saying like I'm lazy in that apartment. It's just not as convenient as I want it to be. But like sneaker industry is, is very hard industry to be top. If you want to be that top guy. But do you think you made more of a profit from sneakers? Like absolutely. was there more money involved absolutely. in sneakers? Absolutely. It's because of just like. You wanted to follow something you were kind of like more passionate about. Like yeah. I, you I found would, an interest in. I think, well, okay. Let's go, let me track back to like what you asked. It's. So I started Azadi Vintage with one bundle box of clothes, just buying off eBay, seeing what they had, and then just bought a box. And I just started selling from there. I think I've bought 20 boxes now. And it's been off and on. You buy from the same people? No. So, I mean, I've, I've done a couple duplicate purchases from some people because they, they're really good curators, like just buying, they get yeah. inventory from like either Goodwill or they've had it for a long time and they just try to sell it now. But it's it's just the love of variety in vintage really keeps me going and having limitless amounts of different pieces for people to enjoy and purchase really motivates me to one, get more customers to hopefully direct them to an item we have or two, buy more. And I think with sneakers, it's so difficult to buy more because one, everything is expensive. Two, people just love to raise the price because they know you're gonna sell it and they think that's unfair and then, then eventually, there's no enjoyment. In a senior business, if you really wanna purchase a for yourself, you're paying top dollar. And when it's like reverse back on you, it's like, hey, I'm trying to sell this to you, to you to sell, then your price gets dropped. Like they're, they're expecting the minimum amount to pay for, your, for my item. And I just felt like it was such a backward system and such an unfair system. I think it was time for me to kind of just gradually dissolve it to now eventually having, having not sold a sneaker since December yeah. of 2020. 
or like or, or summer or like maybe August twenty twenty one, and it's just uh, it, I'm no I have no interest. But I would always tell my parents I'd be like, they'd be like, why do you keep buying shoes? I'd be like, these are worth something, and then I go and try to sell them and be like, no, nobody's buying. Them. No one's buying because. <laughs> When yeah, you price them at the top dollar, and they're not brand new. It's kind of hard to sell them for sure. But the thing is, okay, here's other perspective. I loved, you know, in having talked about love and variety of in vintage. I also had a variety in love for sneakers. Yeah, and that really shot me in the foot because no one oh, wanted those definitely. things. No one wanted those things. No one wanted like like the I had old, stuff. I had old. I had used Yeezys that no one wanted. I had used NMDs no one wanted. I had like a couple. Jordan ones that were used to be like they were so good and then no one wanted them because they're used. I just like the use factor because one, I can get them a lot cheaper. Fair enough to me for being my business and just trying to like make a little more profit than I could. And people that were buying, they were buying and then just either going to eBay selling it, goat selling it, excuse me, and StockX selling it, and they were just like, oh, it's new. New, 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 new. That's all they wanted. They didn't want nothing used. They didn't want anything, a little tick on it. Yeah. Like, oh, there's no box. I don't, I want, I want a hundred dollars less. If you're paying that much money for a sneaker, you want it new. Exactly. I mean, yeah, that's fair enough. But like, if you're a business that sells used stuff, you're not going to succeed in sneakers. But maybe you could. Maybe if you're the top guy. There's a market for it. There's a market. Yeah. But if you're the top guy, you're succeeding. But if I'm, for me, like the thousandth below. It's tough. It's it's Because you don't have. Is that worth it? It's not the worst. You don't have too many people looking at you. Exactly. Because they're super specific sneakers, you're right. like, right. you're not, you don't just have a bunch of Jordan 11s. You have yeah. maybe like a few basketball shoes and a few yeah, yeah. this, few Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it was super hard because I had all these basketball shoes because I hooped. Mm-hmm. And I loved wearing like a different shoe every, like I'd buy three pairs of shoes for a season. Yeah. Kind of have a rotation. Yeah. And then I right. went and tried to sell those stuff and you'd be like, nobody wants Ho- LeBron to read in a size 11 and a half. Like, sure, someone... 11 and a half sucks, too. <laughs> Yo, no, those are in, like, hella high demand, but nobody... They're hella high demand, because... No, so, I can also explain this. The sneakers that they make, the reason why the smaller ones are more expensive, because they make less. They make less. And then as you go down the list, you know, from six... Like, six is where it starts to get normal price. So, like, six, six and a half, seven... And you go to eight and a half, eight and a half, nine, and it just goes down. And then when you hit 14, 15, that's when the price goes back up. Because it's just that middle chunk is where they make the most pairs. But those top ones and the, like the last two sizes, they don't make enough. So maybe that 11 and a half, it's kind of an odd size. They're not making a lot. That's why the price is high. But if it's like a 12, half a size up. You're talking about price is high during resale? Yeah, sort of, yeah. I mean, it's because... There a lot of shoes. So you're saying that's why like size seven and a half to nine and a half is super expensive, and that's yes. like the money size. Yeah. Because it's so in demand, and they only make like a limited. I mean, I mean, th- I think that middle chunk is where they make the most, but it's because it's so high in demand that it goes by like that. Not, it's like it's like, in, not it's like in comparison to those bigger sizes, their smaller sizes, because they're just like everyone wants them. Like that minus the demand is crazy. Those small sizes they go for a lot, sure, but the, those demand is not really there. Like I try selling, you know, five and a half, six, and they take a while because the thing is, the people that purchase them are not always the your customers. They're just buying to resell as well. They're doing the same thing as you are, so they're just seeing like 
what is that size? How much is it? Can I see it? And they're like, oh, I can resell that too. Because it's not for me, obviously. I'm a size 11 and a half. I'm like, it's not Yeah, you're just me. You're just talking about supply and demand. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely tough in sneakers nowadays, especially because if you didn't invest in bots or you're not that aware of like how to bot sneakers mm -hmm. and you want to do it manually or you want to do yeah, I never like make connections. Yeah. If you make connections, that's another way, like a oh, good way of doing it. Definitely. Bots or connections. But, but I think if so, you're independent, yeah. that's that's difficult. Yeah, but going back to your question, I started in because of variety I was bored. Yeah. <laughs> to answer the long, that's a very short Yo. <laughs> Great. Glad we covered that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do you sell your vintage stuff? So back at home in Atlanta, I so when I started in 2020, started back in 2020. Wow, I can't talk. 2020. My apologies. 2020. Yeah. Yeah. I know that year. I started, huh, don't we all? <laughs> I started, I it. obviously, selling on Instagram and stuff like that on my account. Um, I, started, I started selling to friends. Cause you know, like for my sneaker Instagram, it was a lot easier to like get my word out there because first of all, I was doing a lot more giveaways. I was like, I was doing just things to get my following Promotions. up. Yeah. But my vintage one, I kind of took upon myself to be like, hey, I'm gonna grow this myself. I'm not gonna do any paid promotion. I'm not gonna do anything. If they want to follow me, that's fine. I'm gonna give them a little message that they follow me. To be, hey, I have this, this, and this, and just kind of grow like that instead of just you know paying for something that. Yo, like, and Another, another thing I want to add in there is the sneaker community, when you're buying and selling stuff, you're more likely to buy and sell to other sneaker resellers. Mm -hmm. But in, in the vintage community, you can't say like, oh, I know this t-shirt can go for more than what this dude's selling it for. Yeah. You can't really do that. Like, it, it, depend, it really not, depends. Not, on too, them. not yeah. too many transactions are happening B2B or like technically yeah, yeah, yeah. B2B in the vintage community. So basically like... I just was selling on Instagram and eventually got to like Depop, eBay. That was a lot. That was like a year later. And so I started a website like early, early on, really flunked, really flunked. This is my advice to anyone listening. If you want to start a website, have a big following, have like a lot of the backup, you know, community behind you because I started with nobody and I had two sales in six months and that was really bad. So that's why I kind of like converted to like eBay and Depop. But sure, they're taking a little bit of commission, but so was my website. And I was like, my words getting out there so much faster with Depop and eBay. Now I'm on Macari. I'm sort of on Grail, not really. But it's, um, you know, I, I try to sell everywhere. Also, I love selling in person. And by in person, I don't mean meetups. I mean conventions. So in Atlanta, there's, I mean, there's a couple of vintage ones, but the big ones are sneakers, obviously. The big ones in Atlanta are obviously SneakerCon. I, I, I have never been... Um, for vintage for SneakerCon, but there's another one called Sneaker Exit, and it's very frequent. There's like some in Miami, there's some in Texas, they just, they just did one in Cleveland, um, but there's a lot in Atlanta, a lot of in Atlanta. And I've been to many, two of which I've been for vintage. My first time vending at a Sneaker Exit in Atlanta was terrible. I brought over 100 items, and I sold 10. And sure, that might be a win for some people. That's not me roasting them. But for me, all the preparation, all the friends I brought to come with me, to set up with me, and just all this other stuff, it was a really bad day. So I did some more purchasing that summer and just like kind of like, you know, do a little bit more for my business and kind of like sell more variety, get buy more variety and stuff like that. 
And this next event was right before I came to school. And I was really debating, do I want to, you know, go in the trading pit and set up, bring 30 t-shirts or something like that? Or do I want to like bring 200 and just go all out? And I decided to do that and I sold 70 in a day. And that's really good for me because I've never done anything like that in my life. And sure, the money profit wasn't there, but like the satisfaction of me being like, hey, I sold this much to this different people and like giving this piece to a home because they're $10 t-shirts. They're not like, they're not going to resell that. What are they, they're going to resell it for 10 bucks? No, not really. They're going to wear it. They, they were like putting out some chats. Like, oh, this is sick. Hold this up for me. Oh, that looks good. And they, they kept looking at it. And like me just talking to be like, hey, there's a 10, $10 rack over there on the grounds of $5 pile. I got more expensive stuff over here. What are you looking for? Braves? I got a piece over there. It's just like conne- connecting the people and connecting the ties of what they're looking for is just, it feels so good. Yeah, that's I, way better than like looking at your phone and being like messaging I even ca- someone. I didn't even care that I was there for I think ten hours. I was there for ten hours, and I don't. I didn't think I even cared. There was like one guy. I had like one personal that I brought to sell was this like beautiful pink and blue tie dye Grateful Dead T shirt, and it was from nineteen ninety four, and I bought it like for like eighty bucks. I mean, because I bought it for myself, I didn't buy it for like the resale or anything. And this guy came up to me. He's like, "Yo, how much for the T-shirt?" And I said, I'll, I'll, "You can sell. I can buy. I can sell it to you for 150." <clears throat> and he's like, "Do you even know what Grateful Dead, Grateful Dead is?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's a band." And he's like, "No, do you really know? Do you really know?" And this guy stood with me for 20 minutes and talked. Gave me the whole backstory of Grateful Dead. Did he buy the T-shirt? <laughs> he did. He did. I gave him a little That's discount sick, too. Though. I do. It was like, it, it was you. so good. And he was like. He's like, ah, I don't know if I want to do this price. And I'm like, well, it's a really good shirt. Really good shirt. It's a really good brand. He's like, yeah, yeah. They did this, this, and this. They were like, they were all strung out on Coke. And then like, all they did, they stole stuff. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. And he's like, you do 140? I'm like, yeah, I'll do 140. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, bet. And then I took a picture of it. I'm like, dude, that was a, it was like, a great experience. You're like, bro, no, really. I that, can't that do That was such a good day. I, it was one of my probably top tier selling day in my life, yeah. That's sick. Yeah. Did you know that I actually hosted like a sneaker event for my senior project? Did you my, really? Yeah, for my high school. I think, I t- I think we talked about that. For my high that. school senior project. I think we talked about that. In my small town uh-huh. in Oregon, uh-huh. I had the idea to host a sneaker event. I was like, sneaker events are a good way to make money. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to do it for a charity. So we supported, uh, we had, it's called Sparrow Club. You like support somebody, like a small child with medical issues okay. and basically just provide them money. And that's really like what my motivation was. And I also knew that there was like a growing sneaker community because of the internet and also because like there was these kids and they'd gotten into fashion. Mm-hmm. So we had like a hundred people show wow. up. Yeah. Congratulations. That was great. Thanks. Thanks. What was it, it what's was, the name of the event? What's the name of the event? It was a uh, Hype the Rogue. Cause Hype it's, the Rogue. it's called the Rogue Valley. Okay. So it's called Hype the Rogue. And it was, it was great. Was it outdoor or indoor? It was indoor. It was in a gym, a basketball Was that gym. solo of you or do you like have partners or like what was it like? Oh, we had probably, we had like five vendors. Okay. Five vendors. We had a DJ. We did Five vendors, a hundred people. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Congratulations. That's good for charity too. I made some sales. It was sweet. I want to do more events. Yeah. Not, not go to more events. Oh, host. Great. Host them? Host them. Okay. Yeah. There's your entrepreneurship side for sure. <laughs> yeah. So you'd have to say you like the consumer to consumer in person 
interaction more yeah. than online. Yeah. Yeah. B2C. I learned that. Business to consumer, pretty much. Like, so, so B2B and then B2C. B2B is business to business. So for say, like we were talking earlier, that's sneakers, pretty much. B2C, that's really vintage because like, I mean, you can 1,000% resell Well, you're vintage. putting yourself in the <clears throat> shoes of a business owner. Yes. You're basically saying, I'm a business owner. Yes. But also on these resale sites, like sometimes it's just C to C, consumer mm-hmm. to consumer. Yeah, yeah. Because people maybe just want to sell like a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. But you're a business. Yeah. Azadi Vintage. Azadi Go vintage? follow. Okay. But I think it's, it's um, for vintage, it's just a totally different mindset. Because you want to bring to the table. Because, listen, the most expensive t-shirt is the one I just told you about, $150. That's the most expensive t-shirt I've ever sold. There are t-shirts out there for five digits. Five digits. Right. And I sold the one for $150. So that that's like the, that's like the thing I want to bring. I don't want to bring that hype, top-tier, vintage stuff. I don't. I want to bring something, one, people can enjoy, obviously, two, affordability. That's what I want to bring. And three, just diversity. Combining affordability and diversity is very important because if you just have affordable, it's really plain. It's just like the really generic stuff that people are like, uh, that's not really, you know, that's not really what I'm looking for. But if you kind of sprinkle that diversity in it, man, it's a whole different ballgame. Whole different. Because sure, you, you might be losing a little bit of money. That's fine. But like, you know, seeing that stuff sell and people like, oh, that's a sick t-shirt. How much is that? Boom. I'm copying that. That's something I want. And just seeing that that excitement of just like, you know, diversity and having that type of different clothing for everyone to enjoy, whether it's graphics, whether it's genres, whether it's t-shirts, sweaters, hats, jackets, zip-ups, jerseys, having everything is very important in a business. Yeah. And you also appeal to a bigger or broader consumer base because there's people of different demographics. There's yeah, yeah. people with more money, less money. Yeah. And you can really just offer them an yeah. assortment of things. Yeah. I've had people complain about me a fifty dollar t shirt and I'm like, hey, that's a that's a you know, lunch money for some of these guys. They're like they're selling for yeah. nothing. Sell for no, excuse me, for a lot. They're selling for a lot. But like, you know, some people are like, Hey, I love your ten dollar t shirts. I'm like, Thanks. Here's a here's a rack of in my last event, I said, hey, here's 80 of them. Go look through them. And it's just like, that's just the excitement that I get from, you know, bringing that to the table. Yeah, I know you talked about it briefly. Mm-hmm. Going back to how do you source your vintage? You talked about going and getting it from the box deals uh-huh. on eBay. Yeah. But do you also go into thrift stores? So since I started this business in COVID, I've, I have yet to not go thrifting originally. Like, seriously thrifting like bins so georgia has a couple bins they're really distant from me and also they're very hit and miss that's every bin honestly every bin is hit or miss pretty much so i mean hey the west coast is crazy west coast west coast is crazy florida is crazy i think new york is okay but i know florida is crazy texas new york has a lot of competition texas is wild i buy a lot of my stuff from texas Yo, i want to go to colorado though like Every vintage seller that I see that lives in Colorado, like you look at Depop, yeah, and you look at the location, Colorado. I'm like, where are the fine? They're getting from the West Coast. They're getting from West Coast. I'm guaranteeing you. 
They're getting from California. They're getting from Oregon. They're getting from Portland. They're getting from everywhere. They're getting from there. I think Georgia, it has it has really good thrift stores. You know, obviously Salvation Army and like Goodwill and stuff like that. Goodwill bins. But they're just so far away from me. And I'm just like a little too afraid. I should be taking the risk. Honestly, it should be. But this is the benefit of bundles. One, I'm not buying mystery boxes, by the way. I'm just buying, you know, one. I can see every shirt that is in this box. Every item. Sure, I might not know, like, the description of it, if it's, like, really good quality or if it's, like, really badly worn or if the quality is not good or just, like... Yeah, there there's some limitations to it. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. If I can see the graphic, I know I can generally get what I'm getting into. And sure, I'm going to tell you this right now. Everyone that's listening... If you think vintage is clean cut, I'm sorry, but you gotta have a couple stands in your t-shirt if you buy a vintage shirt, okay? If you're paying, if it's really crisp, hey, it might be a little more expensive. But like, if you want a general t-shirt, there might be a little stain on it, and that you gotta get over that. That's just like a different, that shirt could have been from 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and you gotta embrace that. Hey, some guy, you know, might have been eating pasta that day, and he got a little stain on his white t-shirt. Hey, it didn't, come, t-shirt it, didn't, it didn't come all the way, but it's like, it's culture. So, bundles, I think, one, it saves a whole lot of time. Because now, one, I'm not driving. I'm not hoping for the best of the Goodwill bins. I'm really researching. I'm just researching. I'm going through each person's bundle on eBay or Instagram. They're like, reach out to me, like, hey, I have bundles for you and stuff like that. So, there's definitely hit or miss ones. I've had, I've, I've finished only one box so far. Almost two boxes. And some of these boxes are either ten or they're a hundred items in each, so they're gonna take they're gonna take a little bit, but it's really about. So, for instance, if I have ten items and I bought it for a hundred dollars, that's ten that's ten items ten dollars per, per item, right? So it's really just you know, hey, it's just that you you paid ten dollars for this. How much can you sell it? Instead of, but also the benefit of thrifts though, is the price is so much lower. The price is so much lower. So I'm taking, I'm saying, I'll buy for a little more. I'll buy for a little more expensive, because one, I know what it is, and two, I'm not really spending that much time on it. So that's like what I people ask me all the time. Do you do you go thrifting? I'm like, no, not really. They're like, what do you do? I just do bundles. Yeah. Yeah. I know the real reason why I don't thrift in Atlanta. Why is that? Cause you got to compete with Paul Can too. You know who that is? Of course. Yeah. He he's a good guy, but I mean, there's a there's a lot of big guys in Atlanta. A lot of under like under the tone, under the radar, but like definitely the West Coast got everything. Got a lot more variety, a lot more. I mean, but also competition's a lot more higher. There's a lot higher, but like for instance, Oregon, they got a lot of stuff. I'm I'm being serious. Oh, All yeah. the Harley stuff, Monkey Washington stuff. It's like they got. You no, know, my homie drives up to. Uh, I think the bins is in like outside of Portland. Okay. Probably twenty minutes outside of Portland, and they drive an hour and a half to get there, but it's definitely worth it. Yeah. Like they go there and they automatically find like Carhartt. They're gonna make their money on Carhartt. Oh but yeah. But they also they also find stuff like misfit shirts. They find like all these band tees. Yeah. Um, the one thing I hit on in my bins in like my small town. Ooh, bin story. Okay. We were there, and my homie. Before we even rolled up to the bins, he was telling me about this brand. I can't remember if it was like the day before mm-hmm. or that day, but we were driving there. 
Okay, I don't know when he told yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. But you, you heard about it. He's talking to me about this brand called Hookups. This okay. 90s skate brand. Okay. Hookups. I was like, I did a whole bunch of research after the fact. But um, I was like, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, whatever. He's like, there's these super coveted shirts, this brand, Pro Skater. He founded the brand. And I was like, all right. We're looking through the bins. I'm just throwing stuff around. I find this t-shirt. I'm like, this resembles something super sick. Like, I really think this is a cool t-shirt. Yeah. Like, it had a sick fade. I knew it wasn't uh, something that you'd see in, like, Old Navy. Mm-hmm. I knew it was actually, like, true vintage. Yeah. Or at least... A reprint. Something. A reprint, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a reprint. Yeah. It was, like, original, authentic. Yep. And it had, like, this thing on the back that looked like... Um, like, what do you call... M- the fake fighting, what do you call it? WWE? Yeah. It had a WWE logo. Okay. But what I later found out was that's, like, their, like, logo that they incorporate. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so I hold it up, and there's, like, this anime girl on the front. And I go to show my homie, and I'm like, yo, should I, like... Because I was going to keep it, but I was like, what What do you think about this? Like, just shine it to him. He's like, no, because I didn't see on the front, because it's like this kind of, um, when you like draw, it wasn't, it wasn't like a printed graphic okay. to the point where it's like super uh, legible print. Yeah. But it's that drawing, like the messy drawing. Yeah. yeah. And it said hookups. And my homie was like, that's hookups. I was like, I didn't even notice. And, uh. I later found out the t-shirt probably goes for like 300. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And my okay. homie was like, let me keep this. It's been a back and forth for probably the past since I found it, which was like seven months ago. Because <laughs> he's like, you wouldn't even have known that it was this. I was like, yeah, I guess. But like, what do you... Find he's like, keepers. I'm, I'm going to skate it. Like, I want to wear it. I was like, okay, I'm not going to sell it. Like, I don't want to do you like that. Because if I sell it, I'd, I'd feel bad. Like, I want to give it to you. So I just decided to keep it, and it's sitting in my closet. But nice. it was just so coincidental. Yeah. So sick that I found it. A lot of it like that. A lot of times I like that. Yeah. God, I love the bins. But the days when you don't hit, that's depressing. Man. I know. You're like, I just got my hands dirty. <laughs> I touched all this I, random stuff. What am I yo, doing? I'm sweating. Oh listen my up. God. Don't donate nasty. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Hear about. Go tell them one. Yeah. There, you can donate stuff with stains. Don't there, don't, don't donate your gross stuff back, like the terribly don't quality stuff. Don't do that. Yo, throw it away. At one point, I knew these clothes. Like I had a pile of clothes going to Goodwill, and my I was like, "Mom, can you take these?" When I was super young, it was like uh, elementary school. Yeah. And um, I spilled a drink all over the floor in the kitchen. And I go because I knew the bag was like right next to the door. I take, I take the tea out of the bag and just wipe it up and then put the tea back in the bag. Still but, donated it? Yeah. So oh still my god! It. I'm pretty sure there was just pasta, like actual oh, chunks of pasta. <laughs> and you just talked about don't, yo, don't drop your gross stuff. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to me. Don't donate gross stuff. Don't do what I did years ago. <laughs> yo, I gotta pick through that stuff. It sucks. But it's worth it in the end when yeah. you find something. The next question I have for you, what type of vintage do you specialize in? Do you have like, do you like sports memorabilia? Do you like the nature stuff, mm-hmm. graphics, obviously? So for selling, I think 
well, for anyone to like know really what they want is very important. For Azadi Vintage, it's really just about, you know, giving the people affordable stuff. Because like personally, I don't know that much music. So I don't really specialize in bands and stuff like that. I can't really get into it because like you said earlier with your hookups, I would have not known what this is if I like have known it, right? Um, obviously, I know sports. I know logos. I know teams. I know players. So that's definitely something I kind of like go for. Um, animal shirts are t-shirts. They're very popular. Um, college is very good. College sweaters. I have a lot of college sweaters, college t-shirts, and just... I think sports is really something that was never like on purpose, but something that I really specialize in. But I think all around, it's just bring people affordable vintage. And I, I don't think, sure, some things are overpriced because I, I think this graphic is really sick. And I think it's like someone might value this at that price instead of something really a lot lower. Um, but if you're asking about me personally, I like, I mean, I like everything. Like I love Brave stuff. I, know, I love Falcon stuff, being from Atlanta. Um, I love the Thrashers, the hockey team that got sold to Canada, the Winnipeg uh, Jets now, but it doesn't matter. Um, I like, I mean, our t-shirts, I like comics, but I love the look of comics, but I definitely haven't, because here's a, here's a tough thing between you and I. We never grew up with, with, when these things were made and when these things were like happening, right? These, sometimes these bands in their prime, we were never there. So we can never like really understand their graphics. Maybe, maybe we couldn't really understand the sport references. Maybe we couldn't understand like the animal references or the comedy reference or the comics. So that's like something difficult that I've had being a almost twenty year old doing vintage for stuff that's over thirty or twenty years old. It's a little difficult. So I think just bringing people affordable stuff. That's really what I specialize in. And for me personally, just having a wide variety of everything. Yeah. What about you? You have favorite vintage stuff. Favorite vintage stuff. You know, things you go for, things you like or appreciate. Or something that you appreciate, like you know that's like, oh, that's sick. But, yeah. That's interesting. I'd like to say, I really like just independent stuff. Okay. Um, so if there's like a t-shirt that someone got on vacation. Like mm. I found this San Juan shirt yeah. one time. Yeah. And it was from a, it wasn't from like a tourist destination. But it was from a printing company. Like, they made these t-shirts to say, like, hey, check our business out. Yeah. But also, like, look what we can do. Yeah. It was sick. That's cool. So I like independent stuff, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Stuff that definitely has a story to it. Mm-hmm. I also say, um, my favorite piece in my collection is this Andre Agassi thing. Okay. So stuff that's had a lot of cultural significance. Mm, yeah. And... That's pretty much... There's a lot, just a lot of backstory. Like, if you yeah. see something, like, and you look at it from a distance, like, oh, that's yeah. everything in one on a t-shirt, pretty much. That's also something that's really cool. Yeah, I also like to know about the stuff that I wear. Because mm-hmm. it definitely makes me hesitant to wear something I don't know mm-hmm. about. Yeah. I think you, you're really detailed when you talk when you, about what you just said, like, knowing what you wear. I think it's more about, for me, figuring out the graphic, if it's a t-shirt. Just, like, what is it? Maybe do some research there and then be like, okay, this is fine. Or it's like, oh, I don't want to wear that. Or I do, I already love it. It's just like, I think you really like looking at like Made in USA and then also. Oh, for sure. You love Made in USA. Yo. I know you do. Yeah. So it's like, I think you care about that a lot more than I do, obviously. But I think I care 
like just we both care about like the graphic or what is it like if it's something right. mysterious like you oh, appreciate absolutely you appreciate it just as much as i do yeah yeah that's sweet what i know you talked about the grateful dead mm-hmm. shirt what's a piece that you've had that you like really didn't want to let go of huh i don't i th- i'm i'm gonna be honest i think i don't buy a lot for myself that's where I'm going to start. So I haven't sold a lot of my things that I've had. Um, I just like to buy from the... Sometimes it's like in the inventory boxes. I just like, oh, I'll take that. Or it's like, oh, I'm just going to... One thing I resented to sell to my friend was I got this um, 97 Champs Bulls hat for 7 bucks in a box, in my first box. I think... I, was it the white and black one? Yeah. I think I saw that. I showed it to you? I don't know where I saw it. Huh. I, yeah. I definitely seen it before, but I thought I saw yeah. it like so on your page. I just never sold it to them. I said I would, said I would sell it to them for like forty bucks, but I just ended up keeping it. So like I, I was about to sell it for like whatever it was, and just. But he's a really good guy. Yeah, he's he's buys a lot of stuff for me. Shout out to Seth Jones. He loves buying my stuff. <laughs> he, I mean, that's that's the thing. Like some of my friends, they I mean, it's not a shot at him, but like they don't got the money for five hundred fifty dollar t shirts. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But if they have like they have room for at least twenty ten dollar t shirts. Yeah. That's what I love about what I do because I can just give in a like a respectable offering pretty much. It's just it's just about the, you know, I think the money, I mean obviously money is very important, right? Some of us make it more than others, right? And I think giving it back and giving them a fair deal is very is very important. But uh I don't even know what we're talking about. The yeah, I haven't I mean I haven't really sold anything of my stuff. I have, I have stuff here in Philly. I have stuff. Okay, how about a piece that you sold that you're like, oh, I could have made more on that? Ooh. You're like, I really, okay. maybe you saw a list and you're like, yeah. I really underpriced that. So I did this, so during the summer, of like I couldn't, so yeah, didn't, during one summer last year, I did this thing, a live stream with a, I did, I've done so many live streams by myself, but I've had one viewer. Uh-huh. <laughs> like on and off one viewer, on and off one viewer. So nothing sold. So I decided to pay like 20 bucks to go on this guy's live and sell like maybe eight things or show off 30 things. And I ended up selling a lot, but they were really low in price. I sold this um, Tower of Terror Disney. Is that the name of it? Yeah. I sold that for $40. I think I could have made like, uh, like 70, 80 on that one. Right. And then I sold um, Megadeth, the band Megadeth t-shirt, big front graphic, big back graphic. Like 120 bucks. Double hits are nice. And dude, I think I could have got 200 for it. So the right person. Sometimes, if if they look it up and they're like, oh, there's no way that's 200 dollars, I'm saying it's the right person. For instance, the Grateful Dead guy. He's like, oh, I'm paying. I don't even care what this guy's saying if he lowers the price or not. I'm gonna buy it. That's because that's what the vibe I got, and I just gave it to him because he gave me a great story and a great time. But it's like those two pieces really stuck with me. Yeah, because they were like, "Oh, I could have made a little bit more," but I'm like, "I'm glad I got the experience out of it." And I still, I'm I still made profit. It's profit's profit, mm-hmm. but it, I mean, another hundred bucks on top of that would have been really nice. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of surprising that on live you weren't able to get as much money because I've been on an auction live for a local um, vintage store mm-hmm. in New York, and I just wanted to tune in and see if I could get a deal. Mm-hmm. But instead, it's it's like you're in the moment and you really want to buy something 
and you're gonna make an impulse purchase. Yeah. That's what I've been reading about why live streams are super good for businesses because they're able to get consumers to make impulsive buying decisions. Yeah, and I think it's, it's um, I mean, for when that happened, I think it really shined the light on maybe I am overvaluing some of my stuff that I'm selling. You know, if I if they bought it for $120 and I thought it was 200 maybe I'm over overpricing some stuff. So I think it's very eye-opening. Um, Definitely, if you want to do a joint live, it's a lot easier for like bigger bigger platforms, obviously, because they have a lot more views and stuff like that. Like for me, having like what two hundred followers and sometimes very off and on and interactions not there, you're gonna get one person, and that person's obviously not gonna be there the entire time. So you're gonna have zero people on your live. But always learn. I've done three lives with one person. I haven't done anything right. So I mean, like being with that one guy um, on his account, it really shone a light. I saw like probably seven, six things. Yeah. More than I thought I would. I put like 30, 30 items. But here's also the thing. When you go on lives, people are expecting rarity. They are expecting that rare stuff you have. And if you don't deliver that, they're going to pass on that. Because they're there. Yeah. They're spending their time. Yeah, yeah. They want every Absolutely. shirt to be a banger. I, saw, I, I, I was putting out a lot of $10, $20 t-shirts. And although they were saying, wow, that's really like cheap, really good for what yes. it is they were like i don't want that it's just generic sometimes if you put generic stuff on a live it's not going to do well obviously but if you have that rarity it's going to do well or it's going to do what they think it's good and but i mean hey i got i made a lot of connections i'm glad i did that i learned from my next thing because i'm probably gonna do a live for a very long time because i mean i think some of the pieces could have gone a little bit more. No, we're going to get you more uh, followers. Bro. Let's do it. Hey, it's only vintage. It's the ADI underscore vintage. Woo. I'm sorry if that hurt anybody's ears. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> bro. Yeah, we're going to get the numbers up there. We're going to make some. That's good. Hopefully. Oh, hey. Maybe we, if can, you're, no, maybe we can do a live podcast. Yep. Is that a thing? Yeah. Okay. But it's, hey, Twitch. listeners. Why do you guys want to watch freaking Listen, game? excuse me, listeners. Wait, who who you listen to right now? That's right, Owen's Exhibit. Give him a follow, give him a rating, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Give that guy a rating. He deserves it. He's working hard on this, guys. He He's done a lot of back and forth on it. Obviously, we're in school. It's a little more difficult. Hey, Get that, give that guy, show the guy some Man, love. He I just, like to be humble. He No, 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 no. no. He, you hyped me up, I'm hyping you up. He started his own. He started Instagram now. Owens exhibit. Give him a follow. He's gonna be posting a lot of content. This, 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 uh, this Michael, podcast. I'd like to get on with the podcast. This po- <laughs> I'm talking about it. This podcast is gonna be on that Instagram. And yeah, let's get back to it. Let's get back to it. Let's do it. Do you have any repeating customers? Um, got anybody you like? Yo, yeah, I got this new piece in. You Ooh, like it? Like that? No. Okay. I think. So this is how I saw Instagram. I one post the more expensive, the more cool stuff on my feed. Just like giving good background, showing the flaws, giving a good layout of description, measurements, size, condition, name of it, year of it, price. I do that stuff. But the more simple things, I post on my story. That's pretty much it. And I have story highlights to just keep it there. But for my story, I do like, I still post those expensive stuff, but I now I incorporate the stuff that's like, Pretty much only on my Depop and eBay because on my Depop and eBay is just everything that I have just to sell it. So I think the repeating customers comes from the people from my stories. I also do it on Snapchat as well because I know friends that like love vintage and stuff like that. 
And a lot, a lot of people that I know don't. They do not. They just ignore everything. Every advertisement I've done for myself on my main page, like my main personal Instagram, they ignore. They like there's uh, it's like in a, in one year out the other. There's nothing. But it's like Snapchat and like other things. They there's a little there's a little you know friction there. There's a little stuff that I can get from, and the repeating customers come from you know the stories and kind of like I know they've bought stuff from me before and they're just coming back because they enjoy something else. Um, I think my best customer is either my brother because he always gets first dibs. Sweet. <laughs> he always gets first dibs before I post anything. He's like when he, when we were both living at home, like obviously during COVID and during the summer break, he would just go through everything. He's like, uh, he would unfold everything. He would disorganize <laughs> everything. He's like, yeah, I like that one. He's like, or you he, better buy it. He asked, he asked me, he's like, how much? I was like, 20 bucks. He's like, nah, I'll give you 12. And he gives me 12 bucks and he goes away to his room. That's like 10 feet away from me. I'm like, okay. At least your brother's looking good. Oh, yeah, it's not vintage. Hey, it's not vintage. Um, my mom loves buying my stuff sometimes. I have, I love, I have family members that buy my stuff. My one friend is Seth Jones back home. He loves buying my stuff. He wears it, represents me all the time. Um, I have other friends that have bought for me multiple times. Um, and yeah, it's just a good process for me. Just kind of like either both sharing to the public and then also sharing to my friends and family. And it's just really great. Yeah, that's sweet. Have you ever talked to somebody in maybe school or just in public and you tell them like, yo, I got a vintage site and they're super excited about it? Um, I, is it hard to get customers that way? Just word of mouth by you talking to people. So I think that's the one, the reason why I do word of mouth at conventions is because it works so well. And also at well, you're talking to your customers like face to face. Like yeah. those are the people yeah. that are interested. In. I think, I think that's a lot easier than school school. Sometimes I mean, obviously I share it and a lot, a lot of people know that I do business cause I, I post so much on my yeah. main stuff and I'm, I'm telling them, but it's kind of ignoring. So, okay, whatever. They're not really my customers anyway because they're just buying from Urban Outfitters. It'd be sweet if our school, they did that little convention thing. What was that? Entrepreneurship Week where you were in there and we... I'm like, doing it again. What's that called? Uh, Startup Week or something? Startup Week, yeah. Yeah. It'd be cool if they did more of that on a bigger scale. Like they sent out an email to our entire school and be like, yo, if you got something you want to sell, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, word of mouth is it's very powerful. And I think it never really worked at school. I mean, I had, I had some, I, I sold some stuff at school, like t-shirts and shoes and stuff. Like that. I've done it at school. But I think conventions, or at least in lines, like just being in public, they're like, oh, I, it's like you or not. It's like you, you tell me, oh, love your sweater. I'm like, thanks. You like vintage? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I have a vintage business. And they start, that's how it goes. Or yeah. vice versa, it's like, oh, I like yours. I'm like, oh, you like anything here? Or you like... Where'd you buy that? And he's like, I bought it from this business. Like, oh, I have a business. It just, it's just how it, it's how it develops is Quick very plug. important. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like how it develops is very important. And if it's like, if it's if it's a kind setting, it's also it's bonus. But if it's like I don't know, like rude setting and stuff like that, it kind of just it fades away. That's what that's what sneakers was. That's why I had to step away. It was just such a ruthless industry that everyone just wanted the best for themselves. Whereas what I wanted was to create connections and just give good deals to the people and good stuff. Yeah, I've experienced it for sure. Yeah. Well, the reason I brought it up is because I remember in high school, or like even when you get to college, people talk about like, yo, if you need something, if you, yeah, you say like, because I was trying to design a logo mm -hmm. and my homie was like, yo, 
I know somebody who does art. They could get you something. So I think word of mouth in school is very helpful. And it, it helps you grow. It helps you start with like a small base. Absolutely. But I don't know how you could do it right. It's mostly just making sure your friends know about it and that your friends want to promote it. Yeah, I mean, friends friends are very important with starting your business because obviously they're going to be your first customers. Mm-hmm. My, my brother is my first customer and then my mom. So like it was just... It's just how it grows. And then it's hard to like kind of get your, what's the right word? Trust from other people. Reputation. Reputation online. Thank you. Like for eBay and Depop. It's hard to get that immediately. And after that one sale, it's kind of like, okay, he's good. And then you put your social links in there. Oh, this guy's legit. He just started on Depop right now. So it's like, has no, there's no traction on Depop because he's been doing everything on Instagram. It's just, it's kind of like, it's a slow process. And if you stick with it, it'll it'll stick. Don't worry. But yeah, it, you know what? Just came to mind. The idea that employees and businesses, like when you get hired by a business, more more than likely, you're going to have the option to move up in rank. Mm-hmm. But when you're on these, uh, it makes sense. But when you're on like Depop, and you're a small seller, you have a very small following, or you like continue to grow and you gain like a lot of popularity yeah they don't incentivize it they're not like hey we're gonna lower your commission obviously that's like the richer get richer maybe in that scenario yeah. but honestly they should incentivize like hey maybe we can help you design your own page like we can provide you mm-hmm. resources i feel like depop grail like these pages yeah. should help people yeah. start businesses yeah and i think if they don't they don't really if they don't really help out. I mean, sometimes Depop. I'm not sure about Grail, but Depop has some courses. I applied to one. I didn't get it. I don't think. But um, for a development business, just to I'm like kind of like, like doing a little bit here and there. But um, I like they, I applied for a course. I didn't really get it. But if you don't get the help you need, help yourself. So for instance, I didn't. I did not know how to take proper photos of a product. For instance, shoes. I I had weird ass backgrounds. I was like unangled. It was dark. It was light. It was too much. I would look at other people's pages and I would scroll, and every single picture was the exact same. Every single layout was the exact same. And just having that neatness and that structure is very important. And that's for anyone listening. That's like, oh, I have nowhere to start. Start with the structure, and start with a good reputation, like repeatedness. Of like, if for instance, if you're on Depop and try to sell stuff, make it the same layout. Make it like just all the same. Because if you mix match a lot of things, it's just too much. It's too much. But if you have like a good background and if it's like, in, and you press on the item and it, then it's like um, all like the descriptions are the same. It just, it works out well. And then eventually it's more of just a neatness for the customer to eventually cope with and like, oh, this is a great place to purchase stuff because this guy is so dedicated at structuring his business so well. So it's more, if they don't offer anything, find it yourself, really, because that's what I did. I mean, it took me a very long time to start from my dodgy pictures of sneakers to like my really good crisp photos. They're not even that crisp, but like a lot better incline than what it was before. Yeah. Uh, one thing I saw the other day was this person had a page that was very set up that catered or was like very specific to them, very unique to mm-hmm. them. Yeah. They had the, what do you, the rolling rack, what do you call it? 
A clothing rack? A clothing rack. Yeah. They had a clothing rack, but around it they had um, some vegetation, like some plants. Nice, yeah. And they also had some, like, some other clothes on the rack. You could tell it was for visuals. Yeah, yeah, tell. absolutely. And it's cool. Like, I wanted me to click on it because I was like, I saw other stuff in the photo. I was like, what's that other stuff in the photo? Yeah. And I like looked at the dude's page. Like, it's definitely helpful not only to just have something look crisp, but also maybe make it unique. Yeah. Because I know people do stuff, maybe like you model with a mask on. Mm-hmm. You know, where you see those people and they try on the clothes and they show you how you look in them or mm-hmm. how somebody appears in them. Mm-hmm. And then they wear like a mask. Maybe you could do something unique. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's one thing that I've noticed that helps yeah. a business stand out from another business. Just yeah. a small thing. Just your own your own little intake on it. Yeah. Your own little, your own little sparkle. Yeah. It can also just be. I'm not saying copying. I mean like, just kind of learning. If you're if you're like if you have an issue, right? If you're like I don't know what to do in this area, and you notice one other person is doing excellent in that area, learn from that. You don't have to like go research for a ton of for it. You just like, if I'm taking really bad pictures and I see how that guy's taking pictures, I I want to take it like that. It's a really nice picture. You can also learn as you go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's not it's not immediate. Yeah. You you can definitely see your goal at an instant, but you definitely have to work towards it. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's one thing I kind of struggled with when I was building this podcast. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this isn't the first take. This is. Let's be this honest, podcast yeah. <laughs> we did a take like i always wanted things to be perfect and that's what i struggled with so that's why one night i set up the podcast mic and did it at 1 a.m because i i was like i finally just need to do so i need to get something out there that's fine so it helps just working towards something yeah greater and not realize you need to realize that it's not gonna be perfect the first time absolutely but you're gonna you need the willingness to keep developing. Definitely. Um, during your time of doing business, what's been some of your like biggest accomplishments in your mind? Um I think just learning. Learning and growing pretty much. I mean, like for instance, like what I talked about earlier, like for sneakers, I was doing a lot of paid promotion and it was really unnatural to me it was just like it felt kind of like i had all these followers and it was like still getting 10 likes it was just like it was it was very unbalanced and i think a big accomplishment for me was just kind of growing this page this audio vintage on my own just to see the ultimate effect of what can i do with my own skills and not like anyone paying anyone else to do anything like that like i first of all i created my own logo i made my first business card i created my first receipt that i do with every order i made um, this like kind of like big um, sheet for everyone to use to have all my um, QR codes, my business info, my That's paying sweet. info, just to give them an easier experience. So it's not like, oh, what's this? Is this? Is this? Um, just growing. Yeah. From where I started, even on my page, if you go, to, if you scroll all the way down on my page, I think the first photo is a reference photo, just like my. Um, if we Where ever done business, yeah, just comments. like put good comments. And the second one is like a big collection photo of right. really on really wrinkly, really that. wrinkly clothes and like a good bundle. And it was like, I don't know. But it's just growth and development. Yeah. You have to learn to grow and develop. And if you don't want to do that, 
Sorry, business is not for you. You're gonna have bad days. I've had bad months. I've had bad months. So if it's a bad day, I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'm trying, I'm gonna try something else. Like I did a live stream. That was okay, wasn't great, I'll move on. I went to conventions. Those are amazing for me because I love just talking to people. You just find what you want on the line and eventually it just becomes your niche and it eventually becomes your norm. So, I mean, money, it's really, I mean, sure, it's an accomplishment. It's like, it's like the only job I'm doing right now. The money isn't great, obviously, because like part-timers make more than me. So, but I'm enjoying it. I don't yeah. care. I mean, I have a great family. They're, they're really taking care of me with school and stuff like that. I know a lot of people are not as fortunate. That's why I really talk about it because I'm really grateful for what they're doing for me and they're allowing me to continue yeah, I realize that. Because that. Yeah. They, they, hopefully they know that I'm just kind of growing along the process and hopefully, I mean, if I want to keep doing as I vintage or if I want to take a little step back, step to the right or left, it's just growth. You want to grow. One, one line that I've learned a lot is that you cannot go backwards because that means you're just stuck. You're, you're not developing new things. If you go forward, you're developing new and you're just doing more. But if you try to go back, you're really not moving because you're just, you're stuck at what you used to do. You're stuck to like what you know. But if you grow, if you take a little step forward, you're gonna develop those new traits of yourself that you never knew you would get. Definitely. Those small accomplishments along the way are so encouraging. Oh yeah. When you have a super small accomplishment, it really helps feed into like the bigger goal things. And even just the other day when I was doing the intro song, mm-hmm. I was so hyped about it. Yeah. Because I learned more about GarageBand. I learned where I can get free music. Like, yeah. I learned so many little things, but it's going to help me so much later on. Yeah. And maybe I even just use like that podcast song for a little bit or maybe I develop it further. But it was just like so sick to... To make something. And especially because we're in more creative fields, like having a business yeah. you have the freedom to create yeah it's really helpful to be in that field because when you create something it's so satisfying yeah especially like by Rewarding. yourself that's yeah. like that's why i'm like oh this account this business being all me and not like any extension of anyone else really i mean obviously the customers and stuff like that but like the development it's like oh man i i made that logo oh shit i hope sorry oh i'm like um <laughs> Oh man, I made I made that receipt. It's like, oh dude, I made that I made I mean I took that photo. It's just it grows and grows and grows and it's like you later take appreciate to it. Yeah. Honestly, we've talked about so much in this episode, and I definitely want to bring you on for another episode. So I'm thinking we'd stop it short here because I have more questions. Let's do it. I got some more questions. But literally Basically, how I'm going to make this podcast a little bit different from the other interview podcasts that Mm -hmm. people may listen to is by allowing business owners to talk about what they want to do to grow their businesses, Uh like manifesting stuff, putting stuff out there in the world and in the atmosphere and the universe and allowing them to look back at it and say, okay, I really made my my dreams and my ambitions come true. Mm -hmm. So I hope you can kind of put this in your frame of mind and think of some things and maybe even start to like manifest some stuff. Yeah. So it'd be cool to bring you on next time and figure out what you're doing right now 
mm-hmm. and what you have planned for the future. That's great. That sounds amazing. Yeah, sweet. Well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I'm glad we were able to make this happen. Yes. It took forever. Yeah, I know. It's it's long time due, and we're going to do a lot more for you guys, you listeners. Um, make sure to follow Owens Exhibit on Instagram, Owens.Exhibit. Go to his link tree. Go to that Spotify. Go hit that new episode with the Zadi Vintage and Michael Zadi. Go hit that first episode. Oh, yo, Hear yo, that yo, intro. And let's do it. Yo. It isn't. Who cares about the neighbors? It's time for us. We did a great job. This is amazing. I'm so proud of you, Owen, for really just developing yourself, growing your podcast, just being you. I appreciate it. Well, Michael, I don't think I can top that. Everybody, you know what you're going to need to do? Need. You got to go follow Michael on Instagram at Azadi Vintage. Yep. What's, is it Azadi dot vintage? Azadi underscore vintage. A-Z-A-D-I underscore vintage. You guys heard it. You guys can, you guys are listeners. Yeah. Listen. You guys got, you guys got thumbs. I know you guys do. Thumbs, ears. A phone? Oh, you guys got phones. I know that for sure. Go do it. All right, Michael. Thank you guys so much. much. Really appreciate it. Great.